What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. We got Drive Lottery. We got Playoff Basketball. We got Baseball. We got we got a little bit of something for everybody except the wrestling and the hockey fans. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> hey, some wrestling on right now, baby. Exactly. See, oh, look at that. We got wrestling for the wrestling fans. Now, we got the master of the mixing master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen, live and direct in the right. building. Right here today. Hey, listen, he the money man for a reason. He he on the islands. He he in the Hamptons, but you ain't hear that from me. Um, and you got the little old MC of this thing, me, Kenton Gibbs, and man, we it, it's so much. It's so much sports going on, and it's beautiful to see sports coming back in a safe way. Uh, different things in sports coming back, like the draft lottery just took place. And, you know, this year, everybody's saying it's a bad draft, and you got Wiseman, Mello, Edwards at the top. Uh, but other than them, and by Mello, I mean uh, uh, LaMelo Ball. And other than them, you don't see too much uh, depth in this class. But we're going to read off this draft lottery order, and then we're going to get into some playoff basketball. But the draft lottery, uh, Minnesota gets number one pick. Golden State, number two. Charlotte, Gets number three. Chicago gets number four. Cleveland, number five. Atlanta at six. Detroit at seven. New York at eight. Washington at nine. Phoenix at 10. San Antonio at 11. Sacramento at 12. New Orleans at 13. And Boston at 14. Now, fellas, any pick predictions? And I know that this year is extremely thin draft. This is a thin talent draft. But any predictions on who's trading, who's picking who, anything y'all got along those lines? Um, no predictions, just because the really only player we got to see a, a pretty decent sample size of basketball from was LaMelo. A lot of these mm-hmm. guys didn't even get to finish their freshman year of college. So I don't really want to give any predictions because I feel like this can go anywhere and we can't give an accurate uh, like analysis of how these players are going to turn out in the league. But a few things that stick out to me is um, I think the T-Wolves could do something decent at one. I feel like right. Anthony Edwards, even I don't, I'm not necessarily sure Anthony Edwards is going to pan out, but I think he's going to go one just because he's the best fit with that system. I just don't want them to trade away Wiggins to get D'Lo and then they get a younger Wiggins back and now they they back sick. in the same boat. That would be sick. Then. Yeah. Um, two, I think Golden State is trading the number two pick. I, I would, um, he could go either way. Either you can go with the Wiseman or something away from him to develop, which I think he's going to be like an Aiton type player in a few years, which is great. But when you're in a situation where you got uh, Steph and Clay that are north of 30, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with Wiggins. I just don't see a situation in which you want to take a 19-year-old and wait for him to develop when you're in win-now mode with aging superstars. So I think they trade that and get them another uh, top player. That's, you know, that's on the block. It, whether it be, I don't think, like, Beal will go there because he wouldn't fit. But if they want to try to go get a big and beat or something, especially after what happened uh, in the playoffs today. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. They, they could definitely go and do something like that. And then the poor get poor. Cleveland at five. They tank for no reason. The Pistons was doo-doo. They at seven. <sighs> they not getting any better. Um, two things that I think are scary for next season. Actually, a few things. So uh, the Wizards at nine. The Suns at 10, the Spurs at 11, 
Pelicans at 13 and Celtics at 14. Those are all teams that didn't necessarily have poor seasons and they're already like on the come up. Their there futures are looking bright. So if they can get some decent lottery picks on here on these teams, they can fill out uh, these rosters and we can see some of these teams flipping the playoff teams or see Boston, if they don't win this year, go even deeper into a playoff run next season. So That's, that's just hurtful. I'm, as a Pistons fan, I'm just hurting to see that. I'm just, <laughs> I thought know, they was getting at least four, man. I, you know, I was looking at. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm big. I'm big on Obi Toppins. That's my guy. I loved watching him at Dayton, and I'm thinking to myself, if the Pistons squeeze into the top four or five, you know, slotting there, I think that he's a, a poor man's Jason Tatum. It would have been great, but you know, whatever. I'm I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let my feelings go on that one. Chris, what you seeing with this draft, man? What you what you thinking about after seeing the lottery pop up? Man, man, man. The team that needed it the most got it. The number one pick. So I'm happy about that. Another thing I noticed about this draft, this draft's not deep at all. Like at all. Like, I don't know. We was talking while the draft was while the lottery was going on. And y'all were pretty mad that well Gibbs was pretty mad that the Pistons got seventh pick. But I can see why Gibbs, cause this draft is is it's not the worst draft ever, but it's it's gotta be a record breaking draft on talent wise. And that's probably because the players couldn't develop as well. So You know, I'm I'm I really don't wanna be too hard on these guys because I hate when people are like super hard on a draft before it even comes out in the wash. But like and, and don't get me wrong, I'm no professional talent evaluator, but I have not seen uh, four guys, even in their highlights, where I say, like, oh, that's it. Stop the tape. I've seen enough. And, like, every class, I see a few players where I'm like, oh, stop the tape. This kid, whatever it is, they have it. I just I didn't see that with any of these guys besides uh, – I didn't even see it with Edwards, to be honest. Uh, and, and that's the – and watching him play, I'm like, is a Stanley Johnson with a little better jump shot? That's just the, the honest to God truth about that one. But, uh, yeah, I saw it with Melo. I saw it with Wiseman. Wiseman, to be a big man that can do some of the things that he can do as far as handling and shooting the ball is impressive. But to see that that doesn't take away from his defense and rebounding, um, you know, he, he could be a serious problem in the league going forward. So, yeah, I agree with Josh on the – I think there are going to be a lot of trades. I think that there are going to be a yeah. lot of trades and at the top think, this year. I think Golden State could really benefit from this draft because they have the number mm-hmm. two pick. And I think – I don't think the Timberwolves, in my personal opinion, would draft LaMelo just because they have a LaMelo-type player in D'Angelo Russell. So right. I don't really think you grab two, two ball stoppers and two semi-facilitators. Uh, and by the way, Stanley Johnson also plays for the Raptors, but I do believe he's in the G League now. Just food for thought. So, that, mm, well, well, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, right, ladies and gentlemen, worst case, worst case scenario, which I could see something happening, which would be really good for these middle of the pack teams. We could have a 2001 slash 2014 kind of draft on our hands, to where you don't see a lot of talent, but. Six years down the road, it's solid 15 role players that came out of that draft. So, we, I think yeah, this is a draft we're going to have to give some time to see, like, whether or yeah, not it was and, a good and, draft. And I, I brought up that point earlier when I was saying that um, the draft is not that good, but that's probably because a lot of players did develop because they didn't get to finish their season because of COVID-19. But 
Right. That that's my that's my point though. It's like you really can't really evaluate this draft as well because we haven't seen those dynamic moments. Like Josh Hart, he got drafted so high because of his performance in the tournament for Villanova. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he he wasn't that good during the regular season. To me, he got better when that tournament started. So we don't we we, we can't see none of these X factor guys. We can't see what they do under pressure. So it just like this draft or so. I feel like it's so short. A lot of these players are gonna get picked up and have a lot of. It's gonna the learning curve is gonna be really steep when they get to the league. That's just my honest opinion. True. So I, yeah. and I and I hate being that guy because I mean yeah people can say none of y'all play professional sports so how are y'all y'all not professional sport evaluators but at the same time we we kind of come at an angle as young young black men that that work hard at what we do so we understand the, the work ethic that it takes to get to that next level. You get what I'm saying and and we also have somebody on the show that. Gives played Division One football, so we know we know the the the, the training and the the uh, work that comes behind the, the the going to the next level. So we looking at it at just as far as what catches the eye. We doing the eye test per, more per se to me. So and this thing is is always going to be more art than science, no matter how many years you got behind it. And if you look at our playoff predictions so far, we we Picasso. I mean, the pictures <laughs> right. have been painted beautifully so far. I mean, and, and so we're going we gonna to shift gears a little bit from the uh, draft lottery to uh, the playoffs because the playoffs and the draft lottery are intertwined a lot. And like we were just talking about, the 76ers were one of two teams that were swept in the first round. Uh, them and Bro- Toronto, the Toronto Raptors swept the Brooklyn Nets and uh, – Philly got swept by Boston. Now, granted, Philly didn't have Ben Simmons, but when does Philly have Ben Simmons is the better question at this point. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's talking about it's the end of an era and, and all this and all that. And, and just tell me this. Is this the end for the 76ers? Yes. Short short mm-hmm. answer, yes. Long answer, Um, if they were smart, it should be. Just because they painted themselves into a corner, I feel like their whole uh, trust the process thing started off great. Even if you're in a situation where Embiid and Simmons doesn't stay healthy, I feel like we're getting to a place where they're healthy often enough to where you can pace these guys in a normal season to where they can give you solid minutes in the playoffs. The issue is getting them a third piece. And the every team needs a solid third piece, and that third piece is not going to come or your role players are not going to come when you're giving max money to Tobias Harris and Al Horford. No, get me oh, wrong. I love Tobias Harris. I love uh, Friday Night Lights, J. Cole out there hooping on the court, but he's not a max money player. Um, Al Horford is is coming into the twilight of his career. He can still produce, but he's in his 30s. He's never been the most athletic guy. Al Horford is not a guy that you give max money. If you take that uh, combined $60 million a year between those two players and get 15 here, 15 here, 15 here, and a mid-level exception, you could be looking at uh, a a two-star team with Simmons and Embiid with great role players that can get you further in the playoffs. I mean, that's what we're seeing with these teams that are considered top-of-the-pack teams, Luka and KP. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Well, Kawhi and uh, Lou Williams, I ain't even going to give Paul George that honor. Um... LeBron, oh. LeBron and AD. Yeah, so <laughs> if if the Sixers were smart about I feel like they I feel like they got um I feel like the Sixers got too excited because they went through all of these drafts and got two players that finally panned out that they just said we're going all out and this is where 
um, this is where we're going to succeed as opposed to just waiting and realizing that these guys are still 25 and under. They're still young players and just give it a little more time and see if you can get more draft picks, see if more people develop, see how they develop, see if you have money at the right time to pick up a marquee piece, not just spend money wherever you can because you think these two players are going to take you to the promised land. So they really painted themselves into a corner because the time to wait is too late now. You spent money to where you didn't need to spend money, and you got two guys that their health is a concern. So in my opinion, just blow it up. If that means tanking for another five seasons and see if it worked, do so. But I think this is the end of Philly. Ah, Josh, you make up a point. Tanking ain't been working that good for a lot of people. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't know about exactly. And that. Exactly. And so that's my whole angle of this thing. It's disgusting. This is why tanking should not be allowed. This is why when it becomes clear the teams no longer are attempting to be competitive, there should be some type of fine or tax levied against the team because those Philadelphia fans were not the only fans who had to suffer through watching that. Everybody had to watch intentionally bad basketball out of Philadelphia for what? Four years? For first-round exits? Come on. Come on. Come on, man. This is... It's it's a joke to me, but I'm going to let it rock. Chris, what you thinking? Is this the end of Philly, or do they got some time left? Man, honestly, I don't think it's a good idea to end this because you have two transitional talents or, or transcending talents. You have two transcending talents in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. It has to be a way. Because I'm looking at, at it as a pickup basketball standpoint, if you all know what I mean by that. It's like when you go to the gym with your four homeboys, you know you all all nice. Y'all eventually will figure out how to how to run the court or run the gym. Right. And I get it. It's an NBA game, so teams prepare for you and stuff like that. But it's got to be a way y'all can make this work. And I feel like a lot of this has to be on Brent Brown. I think Brent Brown needs to be out of there immediately. He needs to get fired today. Like, before we go to bed tonight, Brent Brown needs to be fired. And I would try with another coach for a year, two years. If it don't work after that, you done gave all your money away. I say you just wipe the whole slate and get rid of everybody. Trade everybody, get a bunch of draft picks, get a lot of assets, and just just stay stagnant like the Thunder doing right now. I think I think that's their approach to because tanking not gonna work like this again for them. They're not gonna get another Joe LMB and Ben Simmons. So, to me, the the best idea is to fire the coach, and I, and, and it's up to uh, Elton Brand, who's the GM still, correct? Or is he the president? No. Uh, I believe he's the president. I may be wrong about that. I, I, okay, yeah. I thought he was both. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He might be both, but I just didn't know if he had switched to one title or not because I know they were doing a lot of moves in their front office. Hmm. Yeah, he's uh, the general manager. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so he's the gym. Yeah, he's the gym. So it's up to Elton Brand. At this point, I'm not giving up two players that I don't pay. I'm, I'm about to pay max money, and I've paid max money too. And giving up after with the same coach, and you know, and I haven't put the right players around him. I never understood the Al Horford signing, but I mean, it looked good on paper at first when Al Horford was with the Celtics because he brought the ball up the court, he shot the three really well. But Al Horford is 30, what? He's 33, 34? Yep. I just never I mean, understood that signing because why are you putting another guy on there that needs the ball down low? You already got two guys out there that needs the ball down low. So, But but here's my problem with that Al Horford signing. You're giving big money to a guy who, and don't get me wrong, the 76ers are an amazing defensive team when Ben Simmons is healthy. But you're giving that type of money to a guy who is not 
a big rebounder or rim protector. I'm sorry. When Joel Embiid is out, you're going to need those two things, rebounding and rim protection. Who's currently their second in command to do that? Who's – you get what I'm they saying? They don't like, have one. But, but, but Gibbs, Gibbs, to your point, Gibbs, that, that's exactly what you need when he's out. Why do you have him starting with him then? Why did y'all yeah, not sign yeah. Al Horford less money and bring him off the bench? He could have been. Just, he could have did the same thing he did for the Celtics if he came off the bench. He could have brought the ball up the court sometimes. He could have spaced the floor when needed. He could have played down low because this last, the last game they just played, Al Horford had the ball down low a lot and he was punishing Marcus Smart, Simi Oshley. He was down there punishing them, the second unit. So my thing is, why did you didn't leave him with the second unit? Why did you okay. have him starting with Ben Simmons and Joel? So let me ask you this. So let me ask you this, Chris. Since you're the only one who got faith in this thing, Josh pitched it earlier off air. I'm going to bring it up now. If the Warriors are coming to you saying, hey, we want to be, we'll give you this number two overall pick and we'll give you, uh, we'll give you Pascal or whatever other young player from there. Are you taking the deal? No. For one, I'm not making really? the Golden State. I'm not making Golden State, which has been a proven franchise the last five years. I'm not making them better again. I'm not. And for two, mm-hmm. that's not enough to get a g- generational talent. You're not going to see too many more Embiid come to the league. So give me a number two pick in a, in a down draft, we would say, and give me a young player that still not might not be able to play with Ben Simmons. That's not enough for me. If, if I'm being honest, the only team I think you can trade for Embiid is Denver or San Antonio because they both have shooters on the bench. They both have a lot of trade assets that are good players that are fit with Ben Simmons. And I could get bang, more bang for my buck with Joel like that. So yeah. if you were to get rid of one of them, Simmons or Embiid, who are you getting rid of? And if I you had to, to get rid this. of one. I hate to say this, but I would have to get rid of Ben because – Ben is doing something that's more detrimental to the team. I know Ben is an overall, to me, better player, but when you're not even, we keep telling you just attempt to shoot threes and you're not even respecting that to even try to shoot threes, you're not for mm-hmm. the team at that point. For that point, you know what I'm saying? And, and B averaged 30 and 12 this series. Don't act like MB was no bum. And B, right. he, did, he did the most he could. Ben is never there. Since Embiid been back, he's been in and out the lineup. But in the playoffs, Embiid has been there. Ben is always hurt. So, I mean, that, to me, there are points to, to be made there. To me, I, if you're going to do things like not even attempt a jumper, when we keep asking you to attempt a jumper, I'm gonna have to let you go because you're not you're not doing the job we asked you to do. If I if I went to work every day, if any of us went to work every day, gig, and we mm-hmm. they kept telling us to do something at work, and we just never did it, we just was like, I don't feel comfortable doing it. They gonna find somebody that don't mind doing it, ain't they, Gibbs? I mean, you're right. Yeah. You're uh, you're very right, dear. And, and you could trade Ben Simmons straight up for any guard in the league, just about. If you're not Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, or Russell Westbrook, probably, you could trade them one one for one with any other guard. Okay, so let me ask y'all this: uh, Are there any? Because let's be honest, when Ben Simmons went down, we all knew break out the brooms this time. Like right, like we can all agree. Oh. That, right? Yeah. I, 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 gave knew, Philly, I gave Philly a game. I gave listen. Philly a game. As soon as I found out that Ben was hurt, I said, "Yeah, Boston in, in three. Boston in three because game four ain't gonna matter. They're gonna beat them so because, bad in game three. Hey, get, they might not show up for game four. 
Fury out gives, I have to give him B one game where he erupted for a good 45. So I'm thinking, you know, because the Boston don't have a bona fide big man. So I'm giving it a bit of it. No, no. I'm like, okay, and B, and B can go for 45 one time. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If, Things if, went if, sideways. I'm if I'm Philly, you you take what you can get, man. If that's straight away and B to get a second pick and re-up, you take because nobody else is taking anything. Nobody's taking Tobias's contract. Nobody's taking Horford's contract. Right. I say Absolutely not. And, and, and you Absolutely got a bunch not. of you got a bunch of mid players on the bench. Like you got, I mean, they have some like Mike Scott. He's mid. Shake Miller. Hold on, wait. Oh. Do y'all do y'all hear that? It it sound like amnesty. It sound like. <laughs> I, I I hear it for Al Horford. It sounds like that contract is good. yeah. It sounds like an amnesty to me. I don't know, but you know uh, the NBA did a great job with that amnesty rule because uh woo. So now other than uh well actually no no not other than because we all saw this coming with the Sixers. Any surprises? Any pleasant surprises to y'all in the playoffs so far? Let me know something. Um no, how would uh. Actually, one. I got one. I got one. I thought that uh, Denver would be more in control of this series. Did not mm. tell y'all last week you, about you, Donovan Mitchell. You I did. Told you did. You did. Exactly. Now every Donovan Mitchell, the only one in that series <laughs> that has made it, took that leap and became that guy. Every other series is going according to plan. I had Brooklyn getting the game. I was wrong about that, but I knew Toronto was going to handle the series. But it seems as if Utah used that first game as a filler game just to see how they were going to approach this series. And after game one, they was like, we got it. And they've been full force since then. I didn't expect that. I thought Denver had more pieces in place to stop Donovan Mitchell from going off, to stop Gobert from holding the middle. But I was wrong. It's not looking good for Denver. Let's not play it crazy now. Utah is up 2-1. And, you know, the, the score is 33-34 in the first right now. So, I mean, let's not But that 2-1, like, game one was close. Game two and three, Utah made adjustments, and they would. Oh, for it, sure. Yeah, for Denver sure. didn't even look like they should have been on the court. So, But, it, I mean, it's a game of adjustments. In the modern NBA, I, and this is one of, my, one of my biggest complaints. Well, actually, no, not the biggest complaint. This is one of the biggest things I noticed about the NBA. The NBA now coaches will give up quick. Like, if, if a team is down 15 with three minutes left, coaches are done. They're like, all right, we're not fouling. Pull our guys out. Like, you know, we're putting in the second stringers, whatever, whatever, whatever. You remember Larry Brown was not pulling them boys <laughs> until right. <laughs> if they was down 15 with a minute left, he would foul, foul them all. Make them go to the line and make the free throw. And it's like, Larry, you don't got no no Tracy McGrady's or Reggie Miller's that's going to put up 20 points in these, in these uh, next two minutes. But, you know, that's so the scores can be a little misleading. But the eye test, I'm going to tell you, game one was close. Uh, game two. But game one, think, Donovan Mitchell still went for 57 on him. But, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Game two, I really thought Jokic disappeared. Game three, Jokic, once again, I don't think it was a they neutralized him. He just played like he didn't want to show up. And so that for me exactly gives me hope. Point. 
Exactly. But that gives me hope if I'm a Denver fan then that if he makes the decision to come locked in and come do his thing today, I'm because it's different if they neutralize him, right? Like if, if he's going out giving his all, he's trying, he's damn near forcing it, and he's just not rolling, and, and Rudy is just locking him down and looking great, that's one thing. But like if he's just not engaged and it's like, well, okay, well, come on, get engaged, do your thing, you know? So that's, I mean, just a possible thing for example. Chris, any positive surprises for you? Any any positive surprises? I actually I'm actually gonna have to do this. I'm gonna change one of my picks, man. In the second oh, round. Oh damn. I have to because I didn't know this team was that bad. Y'all know the team I'm talking about. I did not know Milwaukee was that bad when the Cooper was not on the court. Oh my god. I did not oh, know they, that, that offense that is bad. awful. That offense is awful without him on the court. Ooh. I'm gonna take Miami over them in the second round now. I'm going to take Miami over in the second. I ain't mad at Hey, it. me, who been on the Miami boat watching y'all coming over? Celebrate <laughs> good times. Come on. Milwaukee oh, go ahead. is awful. They're awful. If Giannis doesn't give you 36 and 13, that is just the most mid team there is. That team is. Facts. Fact, babe. I, 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 I don't know what to say. I was so shocked. They let that Orlando team, who their best player in the lineup is, who who their best player in the lineup is, because it goes back and forth. Um, Vucevic sometimes. I, yeah, it's, it's like, I would. Yeah, I don't know, because Vucevic on the defensive end, he he gets you know mm, he doesn't really I, I do think, it for me. I think collectively we can if we was going up to twenty one, the three of us sub in and out every three points. I think we can give him five, and he's an NBA player. That's that's how bad he is in defense. That's that, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm really, the that offense really is bad, and that's, mm, it's terrible. It's, but let me tell you though, my good surprise plays right into your your uh, surprise here. Miami, and I know that they have a culture of competition. I know they do. I know that they have one of the strictest. Um, physically unable to perform list or whatever the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the conditioning test and all that I know they have some restrictions. Those boys are competing one to five, all like for 48 minutes. They compete. They and it's the Mavericks showed us tonight when you come to compete, even if you're shorthanded, even if you're less talented, you will get some wins in this bubble. Because these teams are playing it like they have been at a, a whole 82-game season. Like, they are tired and beat down. And the Heat are just, I mean, Tony Buckets, where you at? Jimmy <laughs> Butler? Jimmy Butler say, hey, TJ, I know that you've been having fun in this bubble, but you still hey, not. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This last game, TJ Warren was in his bag. I ain't going to lie. I don't know where TJ Warren came from, but I'm loving you. I'm loving hey, you. Hey, that's cute, but Heat and foe. Definitely heat and foe because and y'all gotta y'all got and I wanted to bring this up today. Y'all gotta think about it like this. You in a bubble and you down 3-0, you miss your family, you down 3-0, you don't wanna be there eating that raggedy food and you down 3-0. I don't see how these players even showing up to game four, because I know I will be <laughs> on my way back home. So I don't know. Hey, listen, I'm just I, all I'm saying is the way that Miami is competing at every position. It's the one of, and, and my old lady will tell y'all this if you ask her, my biggest complaint 
about some of the top teams, or pretty much all of the top teams except Milwaukee. Uh, although Milwaukee's offense is terrible, you never have to worry about their effort. But, man, sometimes when you watch the Lakers and Clippers play, sometimes when you watch uh, – um, who else? When you when you watch the, the Nuggets, they sometimes they just do not get back. Sometimes they do not just run the floor – and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying pull a Danny Green and miss every shot and just run wind sprints for 48 minutes. <laughs> but I'm saying that those boys compete at a level that's just out of this world. I mean, they're up in your face. They're playing. The defense is heavy. The scheme, the help defense is always going to come. The rotations, the closeout, they own it. And I I, I love it. I love listen, it, man. Listen, I love it. I knew, this, I knew this team was for real when Kelly Olenek started playing defense. Dog, Kelly Olynyk is looking like a bona fide defender. Like I, like I said, and I will keep saying it until somebody proves me wrong. Eric Spoelstra is what everybody pretends Brad Stevens uh, is. I'm sorry, uh, he, don't, he's don't actually not. Brad, Brad Stevens is still a phenomenal coach to me. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, don't get me wrong. Brad Stevens is a good coach, but we're we're talking about this mega mind who motivates his players, who knows, who just knows the right sets to run at the right time. Some of the plays, the plays that they draw up out the timeout, Miami, it's just like wow, like that. It's it's wide open. Is what? Wow! You got Goran Dragic sitting in the corner there, wide open. Wow! You got Jimmy on the block against the point guard. This is a good, I, you know. Miami has been an excellent revelation for me. I hope that they don't prove me wrong and they don't make me look like a prisoner of the moment next week. But we gonna see. Any disappointments so far uh, in the playoffs? Yes, I, I'm disappointed with Houston Rockets. We should be four up three zero right now um, against the Thunder. And and let me tell you, let me tell you. The first two games, yes, the score doesn't seem – we won by 15 and 12 the first two games. The score seems mm-hmm. like it could have went either way. But if you look at those games, we had our bench in with three, four minutes left in the fourth. So, I mean, uh, the, the the point spread is really not telling the whole story. The eye test to tell you, we, we the Thunder aren't even in the same league as us. Now, granted, the Thunder has some guys that work hard, but no, the Thunder, we should be up 3-0. Hey, but let me ask you this though: What's always been their Tony's weakness besides uh, defense? When they can't shoot the three, it's nothing else. <laughs> That's adjustments, right. adjustments, That's adjustments, adjustments. He does not make those adjustments. And who is he going against on that other sideline? Billy Donovan. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm not. Hey, I'm still. You know, when they went down 2-0, Chris was on my head. Chris was telling me, <laughs> "Oh, he he was talking like he was gonna slap my head mid show." You know, but then OKC pulled one out. You know, got me looking halfway decent with my picks right now. Uh, Guyton, any any disappointments to you so far? Um, no huge disappointments. Uh, the way not that, that Clippers. Oh, I'm not even gonna Lord. say the way they the way they playing is a disappointment. It's it's really one player you expecting to perform in or not. And if you told me that Paul George wasn't going to perform, right. I wouldn't can, be can shocked. We, can we- can we take five minutes, please, and just cyber bully some? Not, not even cyber bully. Let me not say that. We're trying to keep this show. I mean, uh, listen, motivated. Listen, stuff. Paul Pat George. Listen, Paul George, playoff P, PG, pandemic P, whatever you want to call him. He has been excellent on the boards. He's averaging nine rebounds a game. Other than that. <clears throat> <laughs> 
Woof, child. This bro, man bro, here. Bro has... Ten, wait, 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 wait. 10 of 47 from the field. Averaging 11 points a game. 4 of 25 from the three. Four assists a game. Paul. All I want to say is... What you doing? LA, LA Clippers. Is this your king? No, Kawhi lived with the king, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, this is the guy Kawhi said, I want y'all to go get him and I'll sign with y'all. This, this, this is the guy? Hey, listen. You know what? Paul George is not hiding his playoff ability from the world. He's hiding the world from his true playoff abilities. <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah, and I said this I said this last week for the viewers that, that, that think I'm just, just bandwagging in the media when they dog in PG. But, no, I said this last week. PG, in my opinion, yes, you can use the Pacers days back in the day, but he still never hit that next level to go past Brian. And I get it, it's Brian, but PG still, in his, before the before the leg injury, he still didn't do anything to get his team out of situations. If they were down, they were down. They were losing. Hey, and you know the funniest thing? I'm watching Paul George, uh, me and my old lady watching the game together today, right? And I'm watching uh, Paul George at this point. This is late in the fourth quarter. At this point, Paul George is uh, he's two of he's two of twelve, right? He he drives and he makes a layup. It was bad defense on behalf of the Mavericks. I believe it was Hardaway he drove by, got a nice little easy layup off a of year old step. Cool. Yeah, yeah. When he did that, immediately. I, I, but wait though. Immediately the next time up the court, I said, hey, babe, because Paul George was bringing it up. I said, hey, babe, Paul George done hit one in a row. He think he hot now. I guarantee you he going to shoot. <laughs> you know what he did? <laughs> he drove and missed the point blank lane. <laughs> <Man. laughs> hey, hey, but. He hit one in a row. <laughs> He, he scored that bucket. He went in between, between, cross, cross, scoop late, and he, he he came back down court with the slow dribble, kids. The slow dribble. Slow hey. He started running and he slowed up. Then he did a cross, cross, between, between. Smoke. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, here's oh. the only reason why I say that pandemic P is not one of my letdowns from like the playoff so far is because one I had the Clippers still when I had Dallas getting two games I still think it's going to be Clippers and six but if mm-hmm. you sat here and told me that through the course of four games like Paul George had one decent game and the other three was abysmal I wouldn't be shocked because we've seen it before that's right. why it's not a dis- right. I'm not disappointed in something that I expected oh, he's the he's the reason why Russ is a rocket now because he didn't perform in the Portland series or the Utah series. yeah so they said get get both of them out of here shoot we don't know who the problem is just get both of them out of here so. oh and you know what let me let me retract one of my former statements I said that he was averaging 11 points a game that's not true he put up 27 in game one I believe uh that was so the one decent game let me yeah he put up 27 in game one and then after that, I mean, woof, let's put out an APB on him. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, you know, we can find this game eventually. We'll we'll, we'll canvas the tri-state area in Orlando. Uh, they've got some fine officers down there. We'll we'll find. Can we, maybe, let's wait maybe, to maybe defund. Let this, let Listen, let's, let's hold off. 
Let's hold off on defunding the police till they find a playoff peace game. Please. Jeez. <laughs> Let's just, for the sake of, of all basketball fan sanity, I mean, Jesus Christ. This has been awful. I mean, um, I mean Giz, we said it. We said it. I mean, it's not like it's... Let me tell you. Let me tell you who my disappointment uh, has been so far, and, and this was tough for me. This was because there was a few guys who were in the running. Uh, like a, Danny Green already called a stray. He was definitely in the running because he, <laughs> and he. That's all he's been doing, running, just running up and down the court, not making a shot in the world, just running. Uh, and and I had, over, I was thinking over KCP over KCP. Here's the thing: KCP came out in Game Three and went duff. He said, yeah, "You know yeah. what?" I'm yeah, tired of being cyberbullied. Really? Y'all ain't gonna keep making fun of me. And he came out drilling. He he can't Danny be a bigger he can't be a bigger disappointment than KCP though, because we know KCP inconsistent. That's we know what that. I'm saying. Danny Green that, last year in Toronto, he was shooting like Ray Allen last year. That, exactly. And now he just and but you know what though, Danny, and here's why Danny is not my biggest disappointment. Remember, last year he went through a slump in the middle of the playoffs. He went through a heavy slump, and it was just like he couldn't hit the uh, ocean from the beach in the middle of the playoffs last year. So we're hoping that he snaps out of this one like he snapped out of that one. Well, that's my hope at least. But um, my my biggest disappointment will probably be uh, the, the Thunder defense. I mean, man, I... The, the whole premise of the Thunder's offense and the whole thing of what they're trying to do, it's a smart idea. Don't take long shots, you know, um, be- pound it inside, make sure it's all short rebounds so you're able to get back defensively. They have not – they know that they're undermanned and they also games one and two did not put forth the effort, which I think you need to put forth when you know you're undermanned and playing against a James Harden. Game three, they came with it. Uh, the I want to say the first – 46, 44 minutes of game two, they came with it. But remember, they were up 10. They were up 10 in the middle of the fourth. And then all of a sudden, Houston went on that run and they just gave up. And it's like, dude, that's that's the nature of Houston. When they get hot, when they hit the three, they're going to put up a lot of points. If you just keep trying and keep coming, you're going to force them to miss some, and then they're out of it again. But you got to make them get out of it. So that was... That was disappointing for me, but uh, other than that, man, I I can't really. Everybody is who they thought they were. Me personally, I'm not disappointed in playoff P because I know playoff P. I know him. <laughs> we know you. You know, like Michelle Obama when said, you that give video, yourself- I know who you are. I've seen you do it over and over again. I've seen you playoff P. I saw you in OKC. I saw you. We saw. We saw it. We seen. When it. you give we yourself know. a nickname, you you set yourself up. You give exactly. Time. All literally every team that has played the only the only uh, other player who's been relatively disappointing for me was Jokic. That's it. But even with him, Jokic has had times during the season where he just don't look engaged. And luckily, the Nuggets are a good enough team to where a lot of games because the NBA is the way it is, where it's either you're really good or you're tanking nine times out of ten. If the, if you play the Nuggets and Jokic ain't engaged, it's okay because they got Gary Harris, they got Jamal. Uh, they got Jamal Murray. They got Will Barton. They got all these guys. But in the playoffs, you can't do that. You can't. Right. You can't come in not engaged and and expect uh, for hey, anything good to happen. Hold on, hold on. I got a point to bring up about the Nuggets since you bring that up. What what's up with the Nuggets coaching? Why do they keep pulling Michael Porter Jr. 
out the game late in the game. Like, dude, be seven for seven, and they yank him. Like, I, I think. I, I, I think we at this point in time where we've seen so many uh, players' careers get cut short. That could have been something. That regardless of how much you produce, and I think players or uh, coaches are so strong upon these minutes restrictions that sometimes mm-hmm. they just don't let players cook. But dude, Absolutely. Michael Porter was literally seven for seven one game, and they yanked him and put him back in one minute left in the game, and he missed his first shot because you yanked him when he was six. I mean, we in a world like, where if you let Zion play, we could possibly be seeing the Pelicans in the playoffs right now. Regardless how oh, terrible sure. their, their t- defense was terrible, but Zion shooting eighty percent every game, you could still make the playoffs. He was so he was scary good at putting the ball in the basket. That's something that I I did not see because he wasn't even that good in college. He wasn't. He just was yeah. not that good at putting the ball in the basket. Besides dunking in college, and that's just. But I agree. They, uh, he played seven. He played fifteen minutes last game. Scored seven points, three or six from the field, five rebounds. If you three or six with five rebounds in the playoffs, I gotta play you more than fifteen minutes. And he's exactly. here is the part that's confusing to me. Here is the part that's confusing to me. When you look at his stats, and you look at the minutes that he's playing. You would think that his defense has been lacking. He's actually been engaged and locked in defensively during the playoffs. I, I don't like, know why are you only what playing your 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 lottery pick fifteen minutes. Exactly. And I'm not saying that his defense has been like some Kawhi level outlandish or no, it's been really good. It's been better than what I expected from Michael Porter Jr. So, you know, I the, the, I mean, he's six, the way he's look, shooting. Look, look, game one, game one. Oh, no, it, I think it was game one or game two. Game two, I believe he had 32 minutes. He had 28, went 10 for 17. Right. Come yeah. On. Yeah. Why, you're why, talking why, game two. Yeah. Yeah. Game, and, and, and they lost. I get it. But why, why is he not playing 30 minutes? I agree. I agree. You can't argue with those results, really. You really can't argue with those results. And like I said, that game two was not on him. If Jokic shows up, they win that game two handily. Jokic let let Rudy Gobert look like David Robinson, and that was embarrassing. Not only did he not show up because Jokic is not known for his defense in general because he's not that good on defense even when he is locked in. But if Jokic ain't providing for you offensively, get him out the game. Get him out. Get there. He does, serves no purpose. And that's just the honest guy truth. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Listen, We're gonna... listen. If, if Jordan Clarkson can get 25-plus minutes a game, which he's been hooping. He, Jordan Clarkson's a baller, a stud. No, don't get me wrong. He, he, mm-hmm. he would be a candidate for six-man of the year if he started off in Utah. He's been balling like that. But if he can get 25 minutes a game, Michael Porter Jr. should get at least 25 minutes a game. Just saying. All right. All right. So tell me this. After seeing these series so far, right, Toronto and Boston, obviously, we're going to set those aside. Miami, Indiana as well, we're going to set that aside. Are Anybody else want to change their picks going forward? Josh, anything else you want to change going um, forward? I mean, besides the little ticky-tack stuff that I was wrong about, like Raptors 1-4 and four instead of 5, and then the Magic got a game against the Bucks. I think I'm still pretty confident in my, in my picks. I still got... Uh, Portland getting another game. I got Lakers in six. I got uh, Clippers winning the last two. Um, just because I'm not one that like to go back, I think I had. I think I had Denver in seven, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna go ahead so. and I think I'm gonna go ahead and stick with Denver, just because I, I could quite possibly be wrong. But just because I'm a person that like to stick to my word, unless I'm proven wrong, I think I can still see Denver pulling this out. Right. Right. Okay. Chris, anything you want to change besides Miami uh, now now beating out the Bucks in your eyes? 
in the second round. But in the first round, per se, I had Clippers sweeping Dallas because I wasn't sure on the healthy the, the uh, Porzingis being healthy. So I'm going to change that. That's going seven for sure. That that series is going seven for sure because Pandemic P has arrived. Uh, hey, hey Lucas said no Porzingis, no problem, baby. He said no Porzingis, 43 15 Man. and 12 on your head, boy. Them uh them the kind of numbers if you if you get them on my career, they give you a new endorsement after that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, well go ahead, Kurt. I had Lakers sweeping Portland. I give Portland that one game. I got Lakers in five still. Right. I mean, I had I had Portland get swept because I thought CJ being hurt that the, the Danny Green and KCP defense was bothering him, but they, they haven't showed up to the playoffs yet. Um, mm-hmm. and I had Utah in five. I'm gonna stick with Utah in five, and I had the Thunder sweeping. So I guess I'll say Thunder. I mean, I mean the Houston sweeping. So I say Houston in five. But it looked like Russ might end up coming back next game, from what I heard uh, through Houston media. So if Russ come back, eh, sorry, okay, Steve. I say just let well, it cook. I well, say remember, I say let it cook, man. You don't want to hey, risk listen. this man's health, depending on what it is. But I think. This Thunder matchup is something that Houston can win without the help of Westbrook. Hey, listen, I said from the beginning, everything, every prediction that I made as far as which team going to win, I'm not even going to lie and say I remember exactly how many games I said. Every team that I said was going to win, I'm still rolling with, except uh, you talking about Russ coming back. Russ being out was my whole, the whole linchpin behind me picking the Thunder. And uh, I think that now they've got, they realize – because I think one of the things that we don't talk about is young guys need to learn what playoff intensity looks like. And I think that the Thunder learned that to some extent uh, through game one and two. And now that they know that, I, I just, you know, I think that they can go ahead and, and do some things and uh, take care of the Thunder if Westbrook Russ, is out the entire series. But everything else, I'm sticking with it the way the way it is. I'm sticking with all my teams winning. I may not may not be the same amount of games, but I'm still sticking with my teams going straight across the board, man. I'm just that's just hey, the type I'm of guy sticking, I am. I'm sticking with all my teams, just changing the series count. I'm still sticking with them, except in the second round, I do have Miami over Milwaukee because I didn't know Milwaukee was that awful in playoff basketball. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Now we're gonna go on from. Live sports and professional sports and what's going on to the amateurs who have stalled and some are still going forward. The uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12 have canceled slash postponed their seasons to spring. And the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 are all going forward with their fall sports. Um, a few schools in the ACC have already gone had to go home because, you know, like I said on in my uh, writing for uh, for Sports Illustrated, shout out to Maven. Um, yeah, trusting eighteen to twenty two year olds to social distance is a fool's errand. That's just the honest <laughs> God truth of the matter. And you know, it's, it's it, why waste your time with. So uh, UNC has been sent home already. All their classes are online. NC State as well. All online classes of a majority of the the schools. In the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 are still on campus, but, you know, that's just uh, what's going on here. Are there any thoughts on what's going on with, with which schools are canceling and which which schools are still playing and, and whatnot and things of that nature? Um, Not much. My 
most important thing about this is just making sure that the school are taking care of these players that were supposed to be taken care of they were producing on the, on the field. Um, I I don't think sports should be taking place, especially in a college football setting. I mean, I was skeptical about the NBA, and they somehow made it work. But if you look at any other sport that's uh, attempted to do anything, it hasn't turned out well. Even the case where you got something that I enjoy, like wrestling, it's been hella cases of COVID uh, across multiple wrestling promotions. Wrestling is just uh morally not as high and tight as something like basketball so they continue with the show just go home and don't come wrestle but when you got a situation where you got 18 year olds that's having their independence for the first time on a campus and it's it's just not a good mix if you had a situation where you can get all these people in a bubble like the nba and do what needs to be done to get the season taken care of then i'm fine with it but unless we have a specific NBA like scenario going on with sports I don't want to see it but make sure that these young men and women are are taken care of financially especially if they were supposed to be taken care of financially if they were bringing dollars to your institution to their uh, play on the field so the NCAA does need to get a small little shout out here don't get me wrong we do not shout out the NCAA often here but uh, <laughs> they, they deserve a shout out for uh, they said that all Athletes whose seasons are canceled will, or who choose to, I don't know if they said choose to opt out, but I know everybody whose season is canceled uh, will receive an extra year of eligibility. So now in, in practice, it's a beautiful thing. In theory, it may be a cluster and a mess, but we'll see it. We'll figure it out. We'll see it as it goes, whatever the case may be, whatever, whatever. Chris, any thoughts on the ACC, SEC, Pac-12 going forward as the Big, Twi- Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled? Okay, my couple questions for you, Gibbs, because you are more in touch with the college sports world because you work in that industry. Mm-hmm. Or do they Talk have a plan for international students? Uh, for sports? Yes, because I know there's a couple international students in the SEC. No, sir. So There, there doesn't is, seem to be anything in place. My thing is, I know at least in Michigan where we, where we were watching, where I was looking, listening to sports media, a lot of international students across the board in Michigan have to go to school for at least one credit to remain, to keep their citizenship in the United States so they can continue going to their university. So if that's the case, I don't know if that's just the Michigan thing or if that's just a, a national thing. If that's the case, I don't think this is safe because if you got people going to go actually go to school with other international students, which they've been at home in their 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 homes, wherever they are out of the country, and then they flying back into this mess that we call America. Uh, I just don't think it's smart because that that's how they go back home and take that virus back out there, and then everybody hates America again. And another thing is, are they gonna are they have they specified they're gonna do all online school because that's gonna be kind of hard to have all online classes and then have practice every day afterwards. The ACC, SEC, nor Big Twelve have specified. Uh, all online classes. There have been individual universities within these that do all, all online classes. But granted, each in the, each university that is doing all online classes is doing so as a response to um, rapidly booming COVID cluster numbers. So there's okay. there's there hasn't been any school yet that's like eh, we can foresee this going bad. No, stay home. Okay, so that's my point there. I get that they made a list of demands and the NCAA is going to try to, like, and that's where I applaud college players at. 
they actually came together and made a list of demands. Unlike the uh, NFL and the MLB, we still haven't seen a list of demands from them yet. But the college players have went ahead and made a list of demands, so I, I commend them for doing so, speaking up for themselves. But my whole thing is, how are you going to trust 18-year-olds who just got out of puberty on their own for their first time to not do anything but go to class online and come to practice? Just got out of puberty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, them hormones still raging. Them hormones still. (laughs) You know, the phrase is young, dumb, and full of redacted that we can't say on air, but you get the point. Yes. So, I mean, with that being said, Gibbs, do you trust them? Like, I mean, like, oh, absolutely no. so many, no. there's been so many positive cases in the NCAA. How do you even say, oh, hey, we're going to do this? Hey, listen, I'm on board with y'all. And also, um, for my hockey fans who listen, sorry we haven't been covering hockey much, but the NHL bubble is going well as, as well. So, they've, they followed the NBA's lead as far as bubble talk, and they, they've been uh, going well with it. But, but the thing I about it, though, find... is... But peep, peep this, though. Go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You can't really do a bubble for football or baseball because, for one, baseball is so many games, and the games mm-hmm. are so long. A bubble, you would have to only you would have to have games start at 9 a.m., and that would be hard to schedule and arrange. And football, right. you only play one day a week, and it's so many teams that have to play three, four hours. So that's just my so- last point on it. So, so here's here's one thing that I found interesting that I don't think anybody has really talked about much. ACC, SEC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac twelve. A lot of people are talking about regionally and geographically where these are, right? So, the Southeast and Southwest versus Western, Midwestern, Northeastern uh, thoughts. That's one thing that everybody seems to be talking about. But another that the Big Ten and Pac twelve have in common that the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 don't, thusly they're uh, in cohorts in this way. The Big 10 and Pac-12 are the only conferences in which the players came out with specific demands. The ACC, SEC, and Big 12 players, they said nothing besides we want to play. They said nothing besides we want to play. And this is one of those things that I've been saying for the longest Ever since these two conferences were only two to cancel, their commissioner said, all right, y'all want to get paid? Y'all want to have these demands? Don't worry about it. I'll knock all this stuff over. And just, they just can't shut everything down. Because I don't, don't get me wrong. I agree with the decision. But the reasoning may be different. We we may differ on the reasoning. Because this seems to be a a situation of ACC, SEC, and Big 12 players like, hey, we're fine with this current situation. We're happy, whatever, whatever. Just let's go on the field. Big Ten and Pac-12 are like, listen, we make too much money for y'all. Y'all going to have to ante up. Y'all going to have to start breaking bread or, or we, we're we out of here. And, and next thing you know, yep, don't worry about it, guys. We'll see y'all again in 2021. <laughs> y'all be safe. Y'all be safe. And also, people are talking about if there is a national championship, there'll be an asterisk next to it. There can't be a national championship. Without uh, the what Big Ten. The, without the nation. And, Exactly. You can't have a national championship without the nation because not only are we talking about Big Ten and Pac-12, we're also talking about the uh, the power. Those are the power five. The group of five follow the power five. The group of each power five has a group of five to go with them. The Big Ten has the MAC. The Pac-12 has the Mountain West. The ACC has the American uh, Athletic Conference. The SEC has uh, the Sun Belt. 
the Big 12, um, I want to say Conference USA. So, I mean, everybody has somebody that rolls with them. And that's just, you, you're cutting out four of the ten and saying, oh, yeah, we'll be just fine. It, it just doesn't work like that. So, you know, there's there's just, there seems to be, for whatever reason, people are thinking there will be a national championship. I don't even think there's an unwritten rule that there isn't. I believe there's something formal on the book saying we can't have a national championship without the nation playing. But speaking of unwritten rules, we're going to move on over to baseball. And now this Fernando <laughs> Tatis Jr. guy. I'm, oh, I'm the least educated on baseball. So I'm going I'm to I'm just introduce the story and I'm going to let y'all talk. I'm going to let y'all do y'all thing on this one. Now this Fernando, uh, the Fernando Tatis Jr. player, amazing guy apparently, well, amazing player apparently, uh, leads the MLB in home runs, RBIs, all the good stuff. Great power hitter for the San Diego Padres. Now, he uh, they were up, they were up by eight runs on uh, who were they playing? The Pirates. Uh, yep. Okay, they were up eight runs on the Pirates in the eighth inning. Uh, the pitch count is three zero, and the pitcher leaves this lackluster eighty five mile per hour fastball coming over the plate, and uh, Tatis Junior goes yard with that thing. He. You know, he did his best uh, Sammy Sosa impression and just took that baby on off the yard. Now, immediately after that, the next batter got thrown behind, which apparently is like a thing in baseball to let people know. I, I take exception to what you did. Yeah. And after the game, both his manager and the Pirates manager said, hey, there are unwritten rules here. You know, that's the, you, you, you let that pitch go. And, and so, you know, many people like myself who are not super into baseball have all said the same thing. This is why y'all can't get younger fans. This right here yeah. is why I can't get younger fans because that's an awful unwritten rule. If I show up to see Tati's hit, let him hit. Let the boy hit. Like that's just what it is. But uh, is is this unwritten rule? Are, are there too many unwritten rules? Is this unwritten rule BS? Like what's where are y'all at with this thing? Was Tatis out of line? What What do you think? Not out of line at all. Um, here's the issue with baseball. It's not necessarily unwritten rules. It's the fact that unwritten rules apply to certain people. Um, mm. The reason that you can't get younger fans in baseball is because baseball is not cool. Uh, who determines uh, what is cool is what younger people follow. Right. What determines what younger people follow is black culture. We have set the barometer for what is cool in this country for at least the past 60 to 70 years. Oh, this is going to be my ad. This is going to be my oh, Keep rolling. Keep so, rolling. Oh, this is going to be my ad. <laughs> Go ahead, man. So he didn't, he didn't break an unwritten rule. It's baseball. It's a sport. We've seen plenty of times where teams bat around a few times and go on a 9-10 run inning. You don't know what the ending of that game is. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, you don't care if you hurt somebody's feelings. It's a sport. Is is competition. If you don't want someone to hit a home run off of you late in the game when they're up big, don't throw a meatball down the middle of the plate. Easy yeah. solution for you right there. Um, yeah. If you look at this case 20 years from now, nobody's going to remember this petty conversation. They're going to remember that this guy has a grand slam and he has an additional home run. You don't want to end up like Al Kaline, rest in peace, ends his career with 399 home runs. One I mean, more to 400 and he's good. Um, it's, it's a matter of 
if Mike Trout, the golden boy, the MLB, hit this grand slam, it wouldn't be a story. We've seen time after time where it's a brown player or a black player in the MLB that's doing something and they're considered unfit. They're considered it's, it's, it's no it's no breathing room. This is like we live in a world with the NFL. And honestly, we're talking about baseball. We're talking about probably the least progressive sport when it comes to, to anything to the point where if, hey, you, this play Boston, spin. if you if you <laughs> if you play in Boston, they throw in bananas on the field. If you play outfield in Boston. Hey, this co-host spitting, it's, bro. It's this is this progressive sport, and it's not a story unless a certain person does it. We've seen Jose Bautista be nothing but a stand-up dude and a great baseball player. He threw a bat flip. He did a bat flip one time because he was hyped. Just, he just hit a home run in the playoffs. And we're talking about, is Jose Bautista a bad guy for a year straight every time it's a baseball topic? Hey, hey, Chris, hey, Chris, get Guyton the, the towel and the hot water for the guest pastor because he's spitting. I, 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 he's spitting. I was waiting on him to hit one of them. Hey. <laughs> and when I tell you, Jose Batista did the work, I, I felt, I felt man, it. Chris, it, what you thinking, man? That, that's that's oh, all ahead, I got to say on it. I was just saying, that's all I got to say on it. It's just a matter of man. Um, baseball isn't, isn't progressive. Chris, what we got, man? What you thinking? What you think? Hey, let me, know, uh, let, <laughs> let me know now. Let me know now if I gotta get the the, the organ ready, cause I can hit the dun dun dun. They hit a soft spot for Guyton today, so I ain't go, I ain't gonna preach to him. You know, I'm gonna be the guy. You know, the lady that come up after the pastor preach to get an announcement. That's that's what I'm about to do. Okay, so I'm gonna take all it, right. I'm I'm gonna take it back. And literally, now granted, me and Guyton both play Little League, so he can relate to this. In Little League Baseball, there's always that one kid on the team that is a beast in Little League. If you if it's 3-0, he still got the dang on green light in Little yeah. League. Now, everybody else on the team, you swing at 3-0, oh, yeah, your coach going to chew you out because in Little League, you can get walked. This is the MLB. Walks don't happen that often. These are professional pitchers. If you right. throw me a meatball at, at 3-0, I'm, I'm a professional. I'm capable of hitting a home run. So why would I not swing at this meatball? Why are you getting mad at me because I'm swinging at a meatball? You don't throw, you don't throw me one of those if I'm a professional just like you're a professional. On, like on, on top of that, people, people don't understand playing. People that didn't play baseball don't understand. You take that meatball down the middle, it's 3-1. Now the pitcher got to throw something in the strike zone. They looking at the scouting port. They know what you can't hit. So if he can't hit a breaking ball, they throwing a breaking ball in the zone. Now you at a full count. Right. I mean, right. So, hey, listen. Hey, hey, you thought he was done. And then he came back <laughs> with that. I stopped by to tell you. Okay, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. But 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 so back in the day in Little League, it's a kid. And, and one time I was that kid. And, and when I was like 13, 14, I was that kid on the team where if it was 3-0, and the bases was loaded, and he throw me a meatball, smack it as hard as I can. Because right. at the end of the day, if I swing and miss, I still ahead in the count, and it's Little League. They're not professionals. It's possible, very possible he throw me a ball. Just like Guyton said, these are professionals. He know he does his research, he watches film. He knows what I can and cannot hit, and I missed my zone three times in a row. But I got a strike, my confidence is up, I know what he can't hit, I'm gonna hit the zones he can't hit. So at the end of the day, if, if I strike out and I'm 3-0, you're gonna be mad at me. If I hit a home run, you're gonna be mad at me. So this this batter couldn't win at all. He couldn't win at all. So my whole thing is 
that's not an unwritten rule. If it's an unwritten rule if you've known history of swinging at 3-0 and you always strike out or end up in a tough situation where you fly out, ground out. But to me, it's not a it's not a written rule. It's an unwritten bro. rule if you batting 200 at the bottom of the lineup and you're trying to pad right, your stats. Right, 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 you right, know right, this right. dude will <laughs> knock you, it off the park. If you were 8-9 hitter, then maybe it might be. It, it, for people that can't hit, it's an unwritten rule for sure. Definitely, definitely. And, and, that's, and that's the thing for me. I, I want to see... I've been thinking about. I've been trying to find a way to put this young man in the rundown for weeks. I've been his numbers have been so good. I've been hearing Tati's Junior. Oh man, this Tati's Junior kid. Oh man, this Tati Junior kid. He's he's this. He's the. And I've been trying to get him in here. And then the first time that we do got probable call or good reason to put him in here is because unwritten rules of baseball. You know what? I done had enough of unwritten rules, okay? I done had enough of unwritten rules. I know y'all done had enough of us talking about unwritten rules, but come on back. Come on back next week. We're going to see who was right between me and Chris. We're going to see if Miami can go ahead and take care of the Bucks. We're going to see what's going to happen uh, in the playoffs, and we're going to see what's going to happen with these college sports going forward. Stay a while. Come back next week, the week after that, and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,